to a special holiday episode of the Hall of Fame video game podcast, where normally we would go through generations and decades of video games, calling out and discussing our favorite Hall of Fame video games of all time. Today, we bring you a very special holiday episode where we will have a console tournament to decide the Hall of Fame console of all time. Joining me today is Mike Staub. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Thank you, Mike. And Bill Burns. Thanks, Bill. Hey, long time, first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, on fear of running long today, because we have a lot to cover, we're going to jump right into our tournament for the best console of all time. So, what we did here is we randomly put some consoles onto a tournament bracket. No one has a leg up over anyone else. And we're going to go through it one by one and fight for what we feel is the best console of each round and then eventually crowning a winner today. You guys all ready? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess the only fear would be that someone listens to this and already they're like, I'm going to sit here for an hour to hear them say Nintendo's the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Uh, that's what they get. They know what they're getting. Right. They know they're what like... they're listening to. Jump speed ahead to the hour change where you hear us go. So Nintendo guys, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for the CPS one, the Capcom arcade uh, system. Uh, that's not on the list, so I'm going with the dark horse on this. A one. real dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this list we did stick to to the main, the Segas, the Sonys, the the Xboxes, the Nintendos of the world. So you will not see the Jaguars, the 3DOs, and the Turbo Graphics. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, first and foremost, the Jaguar is literally a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> and, and it actually, when you get the ja Jaguar CD and you put that on top of it, it literally looks like a toilet. So, I mean, go, go, lo and behold. Sorry, Jaguar fans. It removed itself from, yes. Apologize to your Jaguar fan base <laughs> that you just lost. <laughs> when, we, when we do our Hall of Shame podcast, we'll <laughs> Jaguar. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to start the bracket off today and we're going to start it off with one of the biggest and I don't want to give a leg up anyone here but we're going to start with PlayStation 2 Sony's PlayStation 2 versus Microsoft's Xbox 360 and Mike I'm going to have you start this one off and I'll let Bill either agree or rebuttal okay um this is a this is a tough fight because it's tougher than you'd think Obviously, the PlayStation 2, in my opinion, wins. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's not the easiest battle, right? This is like, you know, this is, this is a very, very good console up against a very, very popular console. Um, the PlayStation 2 is like the single most best-selling console of all time. The breadth of experience on the PS2 is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's an absolute bulldozing juggernaut. If Many people would consider the PlayStation 2 to be the best console of all time, objectively. And I love the PS2. The Xbox 360 is special, though, because it's the real, for me, my opinion, the only real win, 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 win out of the Xbox branding. I like the original Xbox a lot, personally. I've, I've had a lot of experience with that. I have a lot of great games on that. But the Xbox 360 was like the real, like, this console was what Microsoft was trying to get at. And it finally delivered that promise and gave you some real online gameplay. But that being said, I think the PS2 wins, uh, just for 
variety, everything, just everything soup to nuts. Excellent. So we have a declared PS2 there. Bill, I will now give you the floor. Uh, I will absolutely have to agree with you. I, I, I don't, I think you're right. A strong case could be made that the, it's a tougher argument than exactly what Mike said. 360 came in off the heels of, you know, I think looking back, everyone remembers the original Xbox a little more fondly than it was received at the time. It didn't have, it had Halo, and I'm not putting that down. But then once you go past that, start to think of the first party titles they brought coming out of the gate, it, it was shaky, right? Like the, the lasting legacy of that first console is Halo. So 360 stepped up and 360 provided an overall better experience. They had a better price point with it. Controller was a home run. They got they nailed the wireless controller aspect, which was phenomenal. The PlayStation 2, however, did it, it was everything. It had that first party experience. It had that that generation. That had all the games that everyone talked about and still talks about in years to come. I mean, eventually some of them got ported over to the Xbox. However, it the PlayStation 2 just was the all around. It, it had to be the all around winner. There was no other console you're going to get there. I think we have. Some agreeance there. I want to quickly throw some specs at you guys, some stats. The PlayStation 2 was born in 2000 and was deceased in 2013. It was innovative for having the DVD player, which basically made it a mainstream console. Yeah. And it sold over 155 million units. It, it was crazy how much that sold. I was working in GameStop uh, from 2004 to 2008. And the amount of people who still came in to buy PlayStation 2s in like 2006 and 7 was like, it was, it was remarkable of how well this still sold. Bill, you had a great point with the controller. Not only right. was the wireless controller really a home run, uh, building off of, I think, of the success of like the Wavebird. Yep. The piece, the Xbox 360 controller for Windows needs to be remembered. This is something we need to talk about as gamers because it made PC gaming viable. It made certain genres of gaming work on PC in an easier way as opposed to having to try to figure out how to get some other janky USB controller to work. I think that was really what pushed PC gaming forward during this period. I remember trying to plug in a Logitech wonky USB controller. So before we say goodbye to our friend Xbox 360, uh, because I am going to agree with you guys, so that's going to say three, three out of three that PlayStation 2 will win. Xbox 360, I agree, was probably Microsoft's strongest showing thus far. It sold 84 million units. It was their HD era. It was their first foray into true HD. They really defined internet as far as Xbox Live and the Xbox Live Arcade and the online service. They did a lot of really cool things. Yeah. I think that system, unfortunately, will always be known for the Red Ring of Death, which I had like four of them. I don't know if you guys ever experienced it. Two. Yep. So, hey! <laughs> as well. so yeah, they, they, are, they definitely had their problems, but we are going to have to say goodbye to Xbox 360, as we said, uh, had Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo Reach, GTA 5, which has been on everything, Skyrim, Oblivion, Forza's Fable 2. It's had a great library 360, and it was a great online multiplayer system, but against PS2, that's just up against a juggernaut in the first round. Yeah, I mean, you're getting, that's a heavyweight champion, you know, just totally just crushing you, sending you back down to the minors. I, I mean, it, it, it's a good battle because it also, I don't know if you guys remember, but they also, that was one of the first places that uh, the Netflix integration was so yeah. seamless. Yeah. And they, I remember it was the first time I didn't mind paying for an online service, having a PS2 myself, and it was free up till then. Couldn't ever wrap my head around my friends paying for Xbox Live <laughs> un until 
uh, getting the 360 and it was somewhat better and it kind of made a little more sense. Plus I had those games on live. Remember that? The one versus a hundred where you could win like actual yeah. money and points. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I mean, the birth of that Xbox live marketplace, the Xbox live arcade is very important now. It's it. Xbox 360 was, a, it was, it's, I think, obviously it's, I think it's the best console of that generation. Uh, but um, it was ahead of its time as well. And I think it paid the price a little bit for that. Sure. All right, excellent, guys. Well, thank you so much. The next round, we find ourselves with two consoles that <laughs> face each other in real time. So yeah. the next two, we have the original Nintendo Entertainment System up against the Sega Master System. And this time we'll do the introduction beforehand before I let you guys go into it. The NES came to us in 1985 in the States and existed until 1995. And it sold over 62 million units. And then we have the Sega Master System that came in 1986 through 1992 and sold somewhere between 10 and 13 million. So not quite as many. So this time, Bill, I'm going to start you off. Go ahead. 60 seconds. Yeah, I mean, this, of, of all of the rounds, this is probably going to be the one that, you know, is no surprise to anyone. I, I mean, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, whatever, whatever you want to refer to it as, is Clearly, there's no question. Clearly, the winner here. The, the question I had listening to previous episodes, I'll use my time like this. I wonder if newer and younger generations of gamers uh, have the same view on these systems as we do. You know, like, do they look at it as, I don't know if you guys growing up, your parents ever gave you that old football game, the handheld, and they were like, this is amazing. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But you see what we could do on the Nintendo? We have like Tecmo Bowl. So I wonder if it stands the test of time for the younger gamers coming up as it does for us, you know? Uh, my my pick is NES. Like I'm just, I'll use my time to talk about something different. <laughs> it's, clearly, it's clearly Nintendo. <laughs> so easy answer there, Mike. Uh, do you agree? Six yeah, six. yeah. This is not a. This is like. This isn't a fight. <laughs> this is a massacre, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I I there's aspects of the Sega Master System I really do like. I think Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap and all that stuff. I think some of those games are really really fun. It's just it's just not there. Sega wasn't there yet. Sega still very much an arcade company uh, and the nes every major franchise that it still exists today dates itself back to the nes the d-pad the everything it's just like this is a lights out winner the nes is so good and i do think that some i do think that kids like the gameplay experiences i think some games some a lot of those games are timeless because they're designed so well it's just it's lightning in in, in a bottle with the nes it wins Okay, excellent. So once again, our second round, two similar answers. Sega <laughs> Master System was hung out to dry here. <laughs> it's, but it's tough, man. It's, it's, it, this was a tough first round for the Sega Master System. It only had about 300 games on the system. As Mike alluded to, a lot of them were arcade conversions, arcade style games. It did have a version of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was not nearly as good as Sonic the Hedgehog, which isn't good to begin with. So it's like... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, but it had Prince of Persia, Alex Kidd, it had R-types and shooters. Again, not a system that's fondly remembered. I think Genesis brought, put them on the map. But I think we're going to wave goodbye to the Sega Master System, and I'm sure we'll talk more about the NES in rounds to come. Three out of three. And now we're going to move on to our full-on bracket now. These were just the entry level. Now we're going Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation 2. And I will bring this back to Mike to begin. Okay, it's time to make some enemies. I, I am not an N64 fan. I have never been an N64 fan. 
I like the N64. Now, let me, let, me, let me be clear. I think there are some amazing and wonderful and excellent experiences on the N64. How it reinvented Mario, how it reinvented Zelda, and how it, games like Star, uh, like Star Fox and stuff like that were beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful games. I don't like the style uh, that the N64 was going for, for the lack of depth and the couch multiplayer. I think the PlayStation 2 is, and its depth of experience and breadth of experience gives you so much more of what I was into playing and what I like to play. I don't hate the N64, so I don't want to go that way. I went a little too hard on it, but I'm not the biggest N64 fan. It's actually one of my least favorite Nintendo consoles. And I think the PlayStation 2 just did so much, um, so much. It just... You know, people almost forget about how good the PS2 was. I think it wins here, though, by a, by a hair. I think it's a very tough, tough battle to fight because I think N64 really did some special things, especially with, like, the first-person shooter genre and bringing that into the home console area. Awesome. So we have one for the PlayStation 2. And, Bill, I will turn it over to you. Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation 2. Uh, so I, 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 don't, I can't say that I hate the N64, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will give it credit for making that four-player experience something that was so easy to pick up and, you know, make happen with your friends where in the past you have to get the, you know, the, the multi-tap and all that. Uh, you know, when it came out, I, I'm not going to lie, like it was maybe almost too much. I remember trying Mario 64 in Toys R Us and being like, no, I don't like this. I can't handle what's happening right now. So I skipped it. And that's kind of where I honestly started going more towards the Sega consoles. Yeah, <laughs> I really, the, the PS2 just was something else and is something else. You know, it had, it had everything. And then, you know, what, the only thing it lacked that Sega had for a while was the online. And when it had the online and I could play Tony Hawk online, that was it for me. It's just, it, it, PS2 is, is the outright winner here. And 64 had some great stuff, had some cool games. You, you're not going to, you can't compete against that PS2. I'm sorry, Nintendo boys, me. Sorry, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you, man. I feel you that because it always hurts me when I criticize the N64 because I'm such a Nintendo fanboy from, from, from Jump Street. So uh, hearing someone else have similar opinions that I do is, uh, is nice because <laughs> I mean, I'm that, usually that, eaten alive for this. <laughs> well, that's not, to, that's not to say like, you know, in years since I haven't gone back and played those games and been like, oh, wow, man, this really is awesome. But at the time for me, it was just something I was like, I don't, this doesn't connect for me here. I don't, and, I don't get what we're doing. And the thing with the N64 too is like looking back at it now, like I, we, I lived it, right? So I had an N64, I had a PlayStation. Sure. I lived the N64 and I'm going to get into a similar headspace when I talk about the GameCube. Looking back at the N64 now with its, with its like 400 game library, which isn't, which isn't great, which isn't a lot. You're like, oh cool, there's so much stuff to play. But back when the N64 was out, it was just like, oh, we get like one game a year. Oh, right. Oh, better make it last. 64 for me was where the Nintendo game droughts really started to, yeah. as Mike was saying. I was big into the 64. I thought Mario 64 was the greatest thing since sliced bread when it first came out. But looking back, making these lists, looking, researching these consoles, I'm looking back at it. And I think unless you experienced it and you have rose colored glasses, they say, I don't think 64 is a console that kids these days can look back and say, oof. It hasn't aged as gracefully as either some of the 8-bit and 2D consoles have. And there's a few heavy hitters on there, but there's a lot of duds. So I agree with you guys. You know, I just think about it so fondly because of the four-player experiences, the Smash Brothers, the Golden Eyes. But I think PS2 had some of these experiences, GTA 3 and others we'll talk about, that were absolutely mind-blowing. And some of the sports games and different stuff on the PS2 was just unique and changed gaming forever. You know, 
the highest highs of the N64 are unbeatable, but there's not a lot after that. And a lot of the stuff that, that N64 kind of gets applauded for and congratulated for are games that annoy me uh, mm-hmm. to a degree. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think Rare is as good of a developer as people think that Rare is. I think that Rare did see a really big drop off after the Super Nintendo, especially after Banjo-Kazooie, because then all of their games were pretty much just like, all right, go get 100, 100 of this and 100 of that and 100 of that and 100 of that. And then the stage is over. It's like, I don't want to do that. It's the reason why I don't like Donkey Kong 64. So the That's issue, the only reason? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the, the DK rap can only save so much. Right. <laughs> so that's a big part of the reason why I don't like that Donkey Kong 64. And then when you get to the highest of highs, though, but you got, like, you got your Mario 64, you got your Ocarina of Time, you got Majora's Mask, you got... Uh, Smash Brothers, Star Fox 64, even Paper Mario, right? These are really, really, really great games. And then it's, there's a really stark drop-off, and you have giant routes, and there's no third-party support, and there are, like, no RPGs. Don't forget Superman 64. Oh, geez. Yeah, you know what? I think I'd rather get, like, Norovirus um, than have to play that again, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, before we bury the N64... <laughs> <laughs> with a shovel before we bury it let's talk about some of the good it, it was born in 1996 2002 so a six-year lifespan it introduced the four controller ports on a system as a standard thing which was made about the family co-op experience the couch experience it introduced the controller with the joystick you know the the stick on it which was big uh, rumble packs were introduced with the n64 went on to sell 33 million units and yeah, there's some heavy hitters, like you said, Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. And then, yeah, I, there is a big drop off, you know, games like, remember Mario parties, things like that, but there's a big drop off. To be fair, that's when Mario Kart became, became Mario Kart. Like Super Mario Kart's great and it's fun for the Super Nintendo, but it's like, this isn't where that game is. Same with Star Fox. And uh, to be honest with you, one more hot take for you. I think Star Fox 64 is the only good Star Fox game. And I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. I think the first Star Fox is like, it's a cool tech demo, an experimental piece. And I think it was doing some really amazing stuff for the N64, uh, for the uh, Super Nintendo. But when you get to Star Fox 64, you're like, yeah, this is, this is what it should be. And then they were just like, we're not going to make games like that anymore. Sorry. Ice Starlink on the Switch. Yes, that, that I have to try. Best Star Fox game I've ever played. Yeah, no, no I have you- to try it. You guys are talking as if Star Fox Adventures doesn't exist, and I'm confused. Um, it, I'm sorry. You must be from the alternate Earth. <laughs> I do. I will suggest this on the show. If you like Star Fox, go to YouTube and look up a show called A Fox in Space. It's a 16 or 15-minute animated short where this guy is making the whole Star Fox story animated, and it looks like 70s, like almost like Hobbit trippy animation. It is amazing it's one of the coolest things on the internet different than googling what did the fox say that's different very different (laughs) very different because this fox says do a bow roll (laughs) i think it's interesting for a nintendo console that the two shooters are one of the biggest games something that you don't really associate with nintendo you know currently we don't yeah Uh, i I, you know especially it seems like since that system they tend they tried to go more I think they saw what worked in terms of the four player and family side of things and really leaned hard into that yeah no you're right well, I think that'll bring us to our next round, which is going to find Nintendo's GameCube versus Microsoft's Xbox One, which is uh, still a current, well, is it a current, is it a past gen? It's a little bit of both right now, but 
This is going to go to Bill to start it off. It's going to be GameCube versus Xbox One. Yeah, I, okay. So for me, this is definitely a GameCube. And uh, I, I mean, it, it, for me, it was, the, it was the more refined 64. Uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I worked at Blockbuster Video. Uh, yeah, I'm plugging Blockbuster for your, for your ads. <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, I was on board from the jump with this, the previews. And I remember specific, I don't know if you guys remember, but they stressed how the water looked on the GameCube. That was a big thing that they stressed because ultimately it tied into Mario Sunshine, which I will gladly talk about in depth because I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the console was small. It was affordable. It had a great selection of games in that first year, year and a half. Uh, it really brought back the fun into the system. You know, I, I can't, I mean, it didn't have the online play, but it, it, it really made up for it in, in, in the experience and the games it brought. You know, the, the Wind Waker is one of my favorites. Yep. Mario's great. The Metroid games, Metroid came back on that system, you know? For me, it's clear, and also because my lack of experience on the Xbox One just kind of being the same, it's <laughs> the GameCube right out. All right, so we have one for the GameCube, and we'll throw it over to Mike. Okay, so the Xbox One to me is a PC. It's an underpowered PC. Um, there are some great games for it, to be, to be 100% honest, but with Xbox Game Pass coming out, it kind of totally defeats the purpose of owning one for me. I have one and I like it and I've played a lot of games on it, but I've kind of migrated over to PC for that style of gaming. The GameCube had flavor. It had character. It was Nintendo back to being Nintendo and doing what they do and making fun experiences for, for their fans, really. I mean, third parties started to come back. Capcom had a huge, and you guys know how much I love my Capcom. Capcom had a huge presence on the GameCube after not being on the N64 almost at all underappreciated Zelda game with Wind Waker, underappreciated Mario game with Sunshine, Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is arguably the best Smash Brothers game. GameCube was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I will fight for the GameCube forever. And the first really good wireless controller I ever used with the Wayford. So I think that's going to be two for the GameCube. And just some information on the Xbox One as it sees its way out. I do agree with you guys. I think the Xbox One at least this current generation lost and can lose again here because I don't think I had enough games that you could only experience on the Xbox One. You could play too many of them on either the PS4 or the PC. So it didn't really make the experience of having an Xbox One that special. It did go on to sell around 50 million units. It had the Connect again, which I think was a big, <laughs> it was a real big mistake doing that Connect. They did push out the backwards compatibility again, which I always appreciate when, when, they do that for a console. The Xbox Game Pass, I think we talked about, was huge for them this generation, getting a subscription-based game system like Netflix. And this was their introduction into like the 4K world. But most of these games I'm gonna list off, GTA 5, you can play somewhere else, Call of Duty Black Ops, Red Dead Redemption, Fallout 4, Witcher 3. These are the best-selling games and you can play them in multiple places. Unless you were dying to play Halo 5 or Halo Master Chief Collection, which, again, you could play on the PC. So I see what you guys are saying, and I think you crowned the right winner in GameCube. So I will wait to talk about that next time it comes around. But we're going to say goodbye to Xbox One, which started in 2013. And I'm pretty sure we'll be putting RIP in the next couple of years. The fact that Game Pass is also on PC now, and you can pay five bucks a month to play all these games on release day... It's like, oh my gosh, that's where Xbox is going. It's a service. And I appreciate that. And backwards compa compatibility is very, very important. 
especially because I'm a huge guy when it comes to accessibility. I can't fault the Xbox One for that and starting that and patting them on the back, but they also were the first console to give us a pro model. So that's also something that I'm kind of like, ugh, you're helping consumers, but you're also not at the same time. But I think the Xbox One is cool. It's just it's just going to get eaten by the GameCube in this one for me. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misremembering, but wasn't the Xbox One the system where their, when someone asked about backwards compatibility, their first response was it has an HDMI in? Wasn't that their... Well, they got a bad rap. When Xbox One was first announced, they were all about right. not very user-friendly experiences. About DRM. DRM, exactly. You right, could... that's, that, that was the HDMI in, right. Then yeah, you, you... so there were yeah. a bunch of things that they didn't do right in the beginning. The Connect too. they charged so much more money because it had to include the Connect, And they wasted a lot of their processing power powering this Connect thing, which no one really wanted. So right out the gate, the PS4 was the favorite. And yeah, that, that having to... Plug in an HDMI in was ridiculous. That's that yeah. thought. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to wave goodbye to Xbox One, and we are going to move to our next round, which is going to see the original Xbox, that big box, against the Nintendo Switch, the oh. first portable console, <laughs> only portable console on this list. Okay, so... I'm, I'm going to try to not let recency bias uh, take control of me here, but I think... And I might be wrong. I think the Switch is Nintendo's legacy. I think that the Switch is in the top three Nintendo consoles of all time. I think the Switch is one of the best consoles to own right now uh, for a variety of experience, portability. It's one of the few consoles out right now that's doing something different and original, and it's pushing that, uh, that realm further. The Xbox was... It's entry point for for Microsoft and console gaming. I totally get it. I understand it completely. I like the Xbox. I love Knights of the Old Republic. I love Halo. But to me, I am a Switch boy. I, I, will, I have three Switches in my house. I have a Switch Lite. I've got docks all over the place. I think the Switch is doing everything I want it to do right now, and it's one of my favorite consoles. Awesome. Bill, the floor is yours. Anyone keeping score knows, obviously, I'm just going to go switch. I mean, the switch, the switch with, without a doubt, uh, to, 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 to talk what Mike said, switch without a doubt was Nintendo saying, oh, you guys like Nintendo? We're going to give you the most Nintendo machine you could ever Nintendo. And then on top of that, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make it portable. And then once that took up, once they started getting, you know, that started taking off, they went, okay, guess what? We're going to give you everything you like, aside from Metroid yet, every single series we have, we're going to give you maybe one of the best versions of that series and also give you access to all of the other versions too and you could play it all in your hands or on your tv or whatever you want to do it's it just it's so phenomenal now the xbox again their first entry and everything they were going against big heavy hitters yeah I, I will always give it credit for bringing halo and making first person shooters it's like the golden eye continuation almost where everyone's like hey consoles can do shooters too and the multiplayer and the land capabilities are phenomenal however you just can't compete against a switch it is it is just so good. I will sacrifice graphics every single day of the week for a gameplay experience that I love more, you know, and, and, and Switch has that in spades. It's phenomenal. As someone who, you know, I'm a little biased because I'm such a Nintendo guy, but the Switch has Nintendo experience for me as, as a gamer, right? Uh, for my style of gameplay, it's got Nintendo games. It's got tons of the indies. That's the best place to play indie games, uh, hands down, uh, mm-hmm. is the Switch in my opinion. And for me, I'm a JRPG nut. And it's got all of that. That's all of that. It's got the, the online systems. It's uh, with the, the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 
libraries. Uh, you go on to the got all the arcade classics when you when you look at what like hamster and m2 what those companies are doing they're putting out arcade games on this like the switch is such a crazy like digital console of all the stuff that's on it you can go on the switch marketplace and you're like wow this is really really great and as some people like to talk down the fact that it's portable like that's not a big deal that's a gigantic deal that's a gigantic deal nintendo waited it's honestly the portability of it and stuff it's not that dissimilar from like the vita but because it's Nintendo and, and handles the way a Nintendo consult handles and it's durable to the tour degree, I know Joy-Con drifts an issue, but it has a pretty good battery life. And especially when you get to the light and stuff, I think it's, I think it's special. I think we're going to talk about the Switch forever and that's why it's sold so well. Well, because the Switch sounds like it's going to live on, that's three for three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Xbox before we say goodbye. The original Xbox, I think like you guys said, like the Master System, like the NES, it was its starting point. It wasn't doing anything great yet, but it did still sell 24 million units. It was around from 2001 to 2009. It introduced Xbox Live, which is a huge social and, and gaming internet world right now, over a thousand games. And it did introduce big titles like Halo and Fable and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Some of the Call of Duties became big on the Xbox. And you have to give it something for starting all that. But against, I agree, against the Switch, that's just uh, a current juggernaut. And yes, there is some recency bias, but I think it's legit. The, the Switch is just for real. So we'll say uh, three for three on the Switch. I, you're, you're right. And also, I, I'll say this too with recency bias and obviously take this with, a, with that in mind. I think now is the best time to be a gamer. It, there's so much for everyone. Agreed. Every style of video game, every remake, every remaster, everything's getting ported. There are collections for everything. I don't gamers think there's a better time to be a gamer. Home and play Madden. There are gamers that'll play the Call of Duties. There are gamers that'll play Mario and Zelda all day. And there's something for everyone out there. There's everyone. so many genres and, and gaming styles. I do think, I do think that's more, uh, there any reason why people may not consider this to be the best time for gaming? I would say it's similar to how people can now say, you know, there's no new music that's good or nothing to listen to. And it's because it puts more responsibility, or not respons- it, it's more on the individual end user to curate what they want to play and listen to or find their own interests. Like, as opposed to, we're all of the similar age, growing up for us, it was more fed to us, like, here's your sport game, here's your action game, here's this. And you didn't have the knowledge base or the internet to go out or the indie titles like we do now. Like it, it, it falls more in us and it, it's easier to get overwhelmed. Oh yeah. yeah. You almost need like video game curators for people. Like people need to hire people to tell oh, them my. video games. You, ju- you just got our new jobs. <laughs> don't, don't release this to me. I, 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 I kind of do that already. Like people will, like my friends who are like, aren't as into it will reach out to me. I'm like, Mike, I, I got this console. What do I need to play? I'm like, well, you like this. So you're probably like this, that, or that. Well, I did work you at GameStop. You walk into the so. Gap, you get a personal shopper. How's that <laughs> yeah. different, right? Right. Personal <laughs> gamer. I love it. Switch shop and you needed someone to personal shop for you. So we're going to say that hands down, the Switch dominated the Xbox. I know and I like you guys. Next <laughs> round is where we're finally going to butt heads. Woo. And this is the Nintendo Wii versus oh. the Sega Dreamcast. Bill, the floor is yours. Okay. I will say if we look at it in terms of what it did for the video game landscape and innovation, obviously the Wii, everyone's going to say motion controls change how everything's played. Wii has my second favorite Mario game of all time with Galaxy 2, tie with Galaxy 1, right? <laughs> Currently. Ask me next week, it'll probably be Odyssey. It goes back and forth. Sunshine's in there sometimes. Time to how- jump up in the air. I mean, the song alone. I'm going I'm to rescue you. I'm going to get that band to the, to the mayor every time. However... My personal preference will be Dreamcast. 
Dreamcast was a hundred bucks, uh, it, it, you know, like right after release almost. And it just had these games that looked beautiful. The four person play, four player was there. I know the controller was a little weird. It was the best way to play Tony Hawk 2. Fight yeah. me on that. It was no, the absolute best true. way. It had just, I mean, the fighting games on Dreamcast were phenomenal. It, it, it For me at that age in my life growing up, I, you know, I was pretty much the only one that had it. It was just the system. It was great. I, I will always, I will always be a Dreamcast guy. Nintendo Boy, Dreamcast guy. <laughs> the Sega Dreamcast from Bill, and where will Mike's allegiances lie? Uh, I don't like shovelware, so. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I I like the Wii. I think the Wii is special for what it did, like with motion controls. I think it has some really great games. The, the two Mario games on it are wonderful. Uh, I like the new Super Mario Brothers games. I like Donkey Kong Country Returns. I'm not a huge fan of Twilight Princess, and we can get into that another time. Uh, that's one of the Zelda. That's where I think Zelda gets weird for me uh, on the Wii. But if we want to talk console to console, the Wii is obviously a bigger seller. It did more, I guess, for the for the for the medium, and it did more for the industry. I think moving forward, and it was a real win for Nintendo, which they needed at that point in time. But the Dreamcast is the best. <laughs> I remember Dreamcast Day. I got a Dreamcast that first year uh, for Christmas. Um, the controller was wonky, but man, was it the arcade brought home. Soul yep. Calibur looked like Soul Calibur in the arcade. Marvel vs. Capcom played like Marvel vs. Capcom in the arcade. The Sega Dreamcast had character, personality, and it was the first console with a built-in network adapter. It was ahead of its time and deserves all of the praise it gets. So we got two here for Sega Dreamcast, and I thought I was going to surprise you guys, but I'm going Sega Dreamcast as well. <laughs> yeah! For me, the Nintendo Wii was where I felt I had to look elsewhere for my gaming, where Nintendo, I thought, was not looking out for the gamer that, maybe the hardcore gamer, maybe. They were looking out for the Wii Fit of the world, the Wii Sports, the Wii Sports Resort, which are great games in their own way, and they brought people in that might not have played the games otherwise, but <laughs> I felt there wasn't enough for me, and this is where I really felt I need something else, and... Yes, got the Wii Motes, the Nunchuck, which was unique and interesting. It was backwards compatible to the GameCube, which I always appreciate. They had a wonderful virtual console, but probably the best one on the Wii and the Wii U. But the NES, SNES, N64, Genesis, TurboGrafx, you name it, everything was on this virtual console. But I agree with you guys. The Sega Dreamcast was awesome. And I'm glad to talk about that next round when it fights off against whoever its next combatant might be. I'll tell you right now, if you don't like that controller, I have a recommendation for you when we talk about it more later. So we have alternate Dreamcast controllers from my- Yeah, they're still making new ones, man. They're still, I mean, making, new, they're still making new Dreamcast games. People make new Dreamcast games. It's guys, really, that's a really tease. Cool. Keep listening, because Mike's going to bring us some alternate Dreamcast controllers. <laughs> I, I would also like to point out that if you ever played House of the Dead 2 on Dreamcast with the light gun they had that had the kickback, yeah. that, I mean, that was phenomenal. That was light years. And honestly, the Wii could have made a case because th those first like intro commercials they showed where people were jumping around the living room and really doing full motion. I don't know if you, got the same, you guys had the same experience, but uh, my buddies and I went out and, well, some of them found it. Some of us didn't find it that like launch weekend, right? And we brought it home. We were excited to play it. And the first time you play Wii Sports, you're fully swinging and you're jumping around. And then the second round you go, oh, we could all just sit. And then everyone's like, look how little I could do to get the motion. Yeah. You're like, all right, well, then I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> we Motion Plus helped that out a lot. Uh, it made it better, but it was another peripheral you had to add on. And like, we will we, talk more about Sega later. Like I've said before, and I've said in this podcast a lot, Sega at its heart is a arcade company. 
Sega makes the best arcade cabinets. They were an arcade company that made arcade games. And the Dreamcast is the full realization of the arcade at home. And that's why those games are so good. The best place to play Street Fighter Alpha 3, the best place to play Marvel vs. Capcom, the best place to play Soul Calibur, it's all Dreamcast. Crazy Taxi, House of the Dead, all that stuff is Dreamcast, Dreamcast all the way through. Not to mention stuff like Jet Set Radio, like really great stuff. Or like Dock Worker Simulator, I mean Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Shenmue's important. We wouldn't have Yakuza without that. And I will agree with you, the best place to play both the first two Tony Hawk games, the Dreamcast yep. version of Tony Hawk 1 and 2, are the best uh, versions of that game. It's, uh, you, can't, you cannot even touch the way the controller works for that game on that. It's just, it's perfect. Let's say goodbye to the Nintendo Wii before we Later. get all googly-eyed about this Dreamcast. We'll talk about it. Let's say goodbye to the Wii, which is around from 2006, 2013, 100-plus million units sold. I think it was a weak version of Mario Kart, a weak version of Super Smash Brothers. The Mario Galaxies are good games. The Zeldas are very controversial, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Metro Prime 3, people say, is usually the weaker of them. I enjoyed it. But overall, this was a lot of shovelware, as Mike said. There were a lot of Wii games on here that were meant for the mainstream. Party games, silly little games that you can you basically see the cover art in the store. They wanted you to buy it. And that, that didn't make the game, this system hurt, but it just didn't reach out to people like us that are real gamers. It's like the Switch has done everything the Wii has done without forgetting the hardcore audience. Right. And that's important. That's important. Casual audience and casual gaming is very important. You need that for consoles to sell. But you also need to throw a bone at your, at your hardcore people, your people that want to play your RPGs and your more in-depth action-adventure games. Like, I worked at GameStop when the Wii was on sale. And, like, you would have 10 games on a shelf, and nine of them were, were uh, really, that? So it was tough. I mean obviously the good stuff on the Wii is good i mean i've talked about no more heroes till i was blue in the face on this podcast so i really love that stuff but we should move on yes let's move <laughs> on because we're halfway through the first round and we're next up to the original playstation one versus the nintendo entertainment system Ooh. so this is gonna be a fun one guys we got the first sony system versus the first nintendo system bill i believe you're up okay so i mean I think I'm just going to ride this out. One thing I will like, I'm going to go Nintendo right off the bat. I will say one thing people always remember the PS2 during its dual shock phase. That was not the launch. My initial impressions and why I went not to Sony was I played, uh, my buddy got it release weekend or similar, close to it. And we played Resident Evil without the, you know, without any sort of dual shock. And I, I did not like the experience. I was just like, I don't, I do not get what, and we played Siphon Filter. Well, sorry, we played the demo that everyone played for Siphon Filter because <laughs> everyone had the demo. And uh, yeah, it just didn't sell me. Uh, I remember playing some Crash for a little bit, which I know you guys talked about. Uh, we played a little bit of Crash, which was cool. It had its, it had its stuff, but I mean, coming from just Mario and my, my, my platform, it was just, you know, so perfected, uh, playing perfected platformers. I have to go NES on this. Come on, I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> Mike, uh, for you? Yeah, it's time to make enemies. I, I like the NES. I love the NES. I think the NES is so very important, one of the best consoles ever. I don't have the same relationship with the NES that many uh, others do. I, I love it. I Obviously, I love Mega Man 2. I love Mario 3. I love Final Fantasy. I love Dragon Quest. I love all that stuff. But man, did the PlayStation scratch every itch I needed it to scratch when I was 10. It, it had everything that I wanted out of a game console, uh, like the PS2, its overall experience was so deep. And I don't think there's a clear winner in this category. I think this is so incredibly difficult to pick because you're literally going up against two consoles that did everything. 
from my personal experience with the PlayStation, man, I wasted, I pumped so much time into the PlayStation, whether it was Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy VIII and IX, Dragon Quest VII, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three. It had everything I wanted. Fighting games, which honestly were better on the Dreamcast, but fighting games, action games, everything. I love the PlayStation. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going to pick the PlayStation here because it's like my second favorite console of all time, if not my first, tied with something else that's amazing. But the NES probably deserves to win, but I'm going to pick PlayStation here. Okay, so we have our first. Ooh, up to you, Matt. <laughs> so we have on one side the PlayStation 1, which 1995 to 2006 sold over 102 million units, released, it says, 8,000 games. That blows me away if that's true. They introduced discs-based CD games, which is a big deal, CD-ROMs. And this system had a ton of games. I remember growing up, I can get any of my Japanese anime games. I can use a, one of these springs and make these international games work on it. And I loved doing that. And you had everything from Gran Turismo, which I was really into back then. I haven't played one since then, but the first two were awesome in the PS1. Everyone played that game the Final Fantasy games, the Tekken fighting games. Now, I don't think these games have aged well, but PS1 has a lot going for it. And then the other corner, the NES, which is where we started gaming. Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Mario Brothers, Mega Man. It's hard. This is a challenging one. I said if we got to this that I would choose the NES of the two because I think how they've aged today. Some of these PS1 games, I think if you try to play them today, the terrible loading, the graphics have not aged gracefully. But I think for their time, the PS1 was really impressive and did a lot of impressive things. But I think some of these games are really unplayable. And I got the the PlayStation Classic. I bought that last year. And I played it for about 15, 20 minutes. And I said, is there a return policy on this thing? I mean, the choices were not great, but it, it was it's just not a great system to remember. And that's an admittedly bad mini console. Like they didn't use the right ROMs. They used the PAL ROMs and not the US ROMs. So like everything runs at like 25 frames a second or something like that. So yeah, that mini console is really bad. The NES, it's, it's that's fine. I'm not upset with the NES winning. I just needed to throw my hat for the PlayStation because of what the PlayStation meant to me that's as fine. a kid. You know, I, I will say I went back, you know, I've got, I went back because I didn't kind of play with my friends around launch time. But I, at that point in my life, I was such a Sega guy that you know, the second uh, they was announced and, you know, oh, Sega's, what, Sega's alternative is a Saturn. I was like, well, I'm getting the, Sa- there's no question. It's going to be the cooler system. And I, unfortunately, I rode that out with Sega <laughs> through the dream. I fought for the Dreamcast till the very end. You know, you're right. It has the Metal Gear Solid is something that, you know, I played right before Metal Gear Solid 2 came out because my buddy was like, you have to play the first one. And I remember that was the first time I played the game being like, wow, I really missed out playing this when everyone had played it. And then in years, now I know I'm going to, gaming podcast and everyone's going to yell at me go crazy in the comments but <laughs> i have never really sunk my teeth into final fantasy 7 i've seen people play it i've watched people play a very very large amount of the game in that i've sat in the room and watched my buddies play the game for me final fantasy 10 is the one that i really played the most on and i hate that it made up game whatever it was called oh, blitzball 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 yeah <laughs> uh, I would suggest if you're going to try Final Fantasy 7 uh, try it just get it on the Switch and play it with the fast forward and play it with all that stuff on it like it, it needs some of those uh, quality of life improvements that we've seen since then and the Final sure. Fantasy 7 remake is 
real good and fight me on that internet at me all <laughs> you want. I love that game. I will go to bat for that game forever. I love the remake. <laughs> this is the enemies episode where you guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so nice. <laughs> you know, for, for me, PlayStation, my first experiences up with it before I owned it, my buddy's house was played Tomb Raider 1 and Jet Moto. And these games are clunky. We love Tomb Raider. We think back fondly, but that game, the first one is almost unplayable. The way they hop, skips, moves around. The movement's very clunky. And Jet Moto, I mean, compared to like Wave Race 64. Not on Saturn. Yeah, that's right. Saturn ruled. <laughs> so we will say goodbye to the PlayStation 1 here and now. It was a wonderful console, a great RPG system, a, great, a lot of great things on it. But we're going to move on with the NES. And that brings us to our next round, which is another one that happened in real time back in the 90s. The Sega Genesis versus the Super Nintendo. And Mike, you're up. Well, Genesis does what, <laughs> what Nintendo don't. And what Nintendo don't or what Nintendo doesn't do is fall apart in the fourth quarter. So the Super Nintendo is, is my favorite gaming console of all time. I think, honestly, it's actually very close to being tied with the PlayStation 1 just because of the stuff I play. I like the Genesis a lot. I think the Genesis is great, and I think it's Sega trying to bring that fast, loud, abrasive experience from the arcade home, which is why you have the six-button control pad, and you have all of those arcade-like games and arcade games brought home, like even Streets of Rage, which wasn't an arcade game, but it was essentially an arcade game made for a home console. For me, at that age, I wanted to play the deeper stuff. I wanted to play the slower games that were more exploratory, that got out there. Super Nintendo was it for me platformers, RPGs, some good arcade conversions, and the best version of Street Fighter 2. Super Nintendo, awesome. I love it so much. Okay, so one for the Super Nintendo. Bill, what do you got? So I completely bought into the extreme 90s marketing <laughs> Genesis. I was a real poochie about it. You know, I just, <laughs> they sold me. You know, they, they said this is, now, however, I do not like Sonic at all. I will sit there and I will be like, oh, I like Sonic and Knuckles. But overall, I never logged a lot of hours into it. Genesis was my console. It's the one I went with. It's the one I bought. I bought it because it, it had the violence, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2 on Genesis. It had the six button controller that you had to buy extra. I know Super Nintendo did as well, but I bought the six button and I had Mortal Kombat and that's what I rode on. You know, and growing up, I was hard into Genesis, hard into Sega. I will say, I'm going to go ahead and throw a little surprise in here. As I got older and I went back and played all of these unbelievable Super Nintendo games, time has shown its way. And Super Nintendo is the console I'm picking. It won me over after its, after its time frame. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, that twist at the end there, Bill. I, 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 never owned, I never owned the actual console. And I've only played the games off ROMs that I obviously legally owned and backed up. <laughs> But yeah, I, I've gone back, like that was the console once I modded the Wii to put all my legally owned ROMs on there. I went back and I spent the most time, I, you know, I was excited to get the Genesis games on there. And I just sat there shuffling through the menu being like, I don't want to play any of these. And Super Nintendo, just all this stuff. And I was like, I want to play this. Oh my God, I want to play this. However, Genesis had the better version of Aladdin. So there's that. No way. <laughs> what are you talking you, you, you had a sword in the Genesis version. Capcom, baby, all the way. You had a sword in the Genesis <laughs> version. You could only throw apples in the Super Nintendo one. No, you are right. Nintendo <laughs> Aladdin. You type in Genie Jafar, Aladdin, Abu. It brings you right to the Genie level, the best level. Really fun. So, guys, <laughs> we have two there for the Super Nintendo. And I am 1,000% agreeing with you guys. Yeah. I think the Genesis did some fun things, but I never got on board 
My uncle had one. My buddy had one. I eventually got one. I go, why do I want this? Sonic is, I think, sorry, Sonic fans, it gets boring fast. Yep. Aladdin and Mortal Kombat, I can play on Super Nintendo. NBA Jam, I can play on Super Nintendo. Nothing else really. There are some RPGs on the Genesis. There's some good stuff there. But the Super Nintendo is my real, like, love for gaming began there. And it took everything I loved about the NES and just brought it up to Super Mario World. Link to the past. So for me, this is an easy one. We're going to say goodbye to the Sega Genesis that was around from 1989 to 1997. Had the six-button controller in the United States. Sold 31 million units. Had those Sega CD and 32X hardware peripherals. And uh, overall, it was a beloved console, but we're going to say goodbye to it right now. It's also, too, with the Super Nintendo, like, if, if anyone out there wants to get a handle on how good the Super Nintendo was, if you can come across one of those Super Nintendo Classic Editions, that's got 20 games on it, and you scroll through those 20 games, and you're like, wow, these are the 20 greatest games of all time. Yeah. And that's just 20 games from the library. And that should t- show you what it's like. And in this era where we're so just inundated with these amazing indie experiences. So many of those experiences come from what Super Nintendo games are doing. So we're going to move on to the next round where we're going to see Sony's PlayStation 3 versus Sega's Saturn. And we're going to start with Mike. Okay. PlayStation 3 is the worst PlayStation, in my opinion. It looks like a George Foreman grill. It took a very long time to get started. It Xbox 360 ate its lunch for like two and a half years. I am a fan of some of the series that came out of the PlayStation 3. I love Uncharted. I, I love The Last of Us. And these are game series that are very, very important. I think they're amazing. I think there are a lot of great experiences on the PlayStation 3 as it got deeper into its life cycle. That being said, I got rid of my PlayStation 3 and have not missed it at all. The Sega Saturn is one of the most underappreciated, underloved consoles of all time. I got into the Sega Saturn heavy in the last like three or four years i did not have one growing up but i got one as a gift and when i realized that the games cost a million dollars i got myself an action replay cart i've imported games it's so good it's so good it's an arcade console it's amazing it's what the dreamcast it's what would eventually lead into what the dreamcast is and i love the sega saturn so much it's so good winner so we got a winner of sega saturn bill are you agreeing or disagreeing I am absolutely agreeing that the Saturn is, is the better console. I, you know, obviously Uncharted, like you said, Uncharted came out of PlayStation 3, which is cool. Little Big Planet was, yeah, cool, for, yeah. was, for, was cool for, and then Nintendo was like, no, nah, we're going to do Mario Maker. And everyone's like, oh, right, this is better. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the Saturn was another thing. The price point was great. I think the second holiday season it was out because they were, they were so scared they were losing. They dropped it to, once again, it was $100 with Virtua Cop, Virtua fighter and daytona usa that's right you got three games and the system for 100 dollars, and the system was legit it had a diehard trilogy game on it that was so much oh, fun oh boy is that good that and it's just, it's phenomenal you know it is obviously it's a little it's a little bit clunkier at, it looking back because it's you know they're just trying to get into the 3d of it all but i mean saturn was just phenomenal the sports games on it were great everything and the controller is one of my favorite genesis controllers it felt it was like a better evolution of the six button so we have a clear winner here. Now, I was actually going to disagree with you guys, but it'll be two against one. Now, the Saturn was the one console from this list that I never owned. And I went to my friend's house, and I thought it was an awesome system. Virtual Cop, Daytona USA. This was Sega really embracing that arcade experience again. Knights was a lot of really cool, unique experience. 
Panzer Dragon. The 3D controller, right? Yeah. Knights had the 3D controller. controller. Really cool. Had over a thousand games, sold over nine million. I just think the competition at the time, it just didn't do well. They didn't plan it out right. And I think the Dreamcast became the full vision of what the Saturn wanted to be. But we, we'll let the Saturn pass because you guys voted on. We'll say goodbye to the PS3, which with only 87 million units sold, which a failure for them is still 87 million units. Their worst system, they still killed it because they did gain steam later. It was a Blu-ray player, which they're always smart about putting a player inside the system that makes the average person who doesn't want to spend $500 or $1,000 on a DVD player, Blu-ray player, they're just going to buy this instead. They could do both. So they yeah. are smart about that. And it had a great library, PS3. It, some of them, God of War 3, uh, the Gran Turismo games. You got Uncharted and The Last of Us, Heavy Rain. So there's some excellent games on the PS3, but it was the weaker of that generation. It was probably Sony's worst system. I think they say that the processing, the cell in it was very difficult to program on. And a lot of devs were, were kind of down on that. Any goodbye thoughts to the PS3, guys? Goodbye. Go. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fun with, with my PS3, but it just, it's ultimately forgettable for me. And I think that's the hardest thing for a video game console to be is forgettable. And the HD generation was just, the, H, the HD jump was so hard for a lot of video game developers, especially video game developers in Japan who refused to use engines at that point in time. It just it ate their lunch. Uh, that's why you saw a lot of great stuff in this generation happen on the handheld space. The DS, I said for years, the 3DS or the DS or whatever, I think it might've been the 3DS at this point. The 3DS was the best console of that generation because it was just, everything else was just trying to figure it out. I think the PS3 also suffered going up against the 360. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft really, really course corrected and brought brought it for the 360 i mean you know we talked about the red rings that i know obviously it didn't win its round we talked about the red rings of death and you know how like it's synonymous with it but it was it was an easy fix it wasn't they never gave i mean at least to my knowledge i never really heard of anyone having trouble like you contacted them and mind you the time period internet wasn't what it is now yeah, they owned they owned up. It was the easiest. It was the easiest process I, I think I've ever had to deal with in terms of returning something, and they gave it back. You got yeah. it back. Yep, it, absolutely. So we will say goodbye to the PS3 with with some fond memories, <laughs> and we move <laughs> on to the final of our first round, and that is the Wii U versus the PlayStation 4. So, guys, I'm going to let Bill start, but please go easy on the Wii U because I can see how this is going to go already. Uh, well, I will say the PS4. My play experience is playing Arkham Knight on it because I borrowed it from a friend to play Arkham Knight, <laughs> which was a cool experience. And then after that, I, I haven't really sunk my teeth that much into PS4. I know uh, other than that, I've done a lot of the PS uh, VR stuff on there, which I thought was pretty cool. It was a good mid to late life edition that I think helped continue it. I mean, the Wii U, if you're looking at it, it was kind of a confusing console and no one really know, knew or still knows what to make of it. I think it's the Switch is what they wanted the Wii U to be. I think the Wii U... What carried it through was, uh, and I know we said before, but like Mario Maker, I think that's what made that stick around that game. That that gave it the second legs early, later on because it didn't really have a proper, I mean, t the Zelda was going to come on and it came on the Switch and also the Mario's getting ported to the Switch too. And the Mario's a good game, but it wasn't phenomenal, you know? It was that weird, like, casual hard, except for Champion, was that last one? Championship Road? Champions Road, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I would say that's, that is the hard level of that game. 
So anyway, my winner, I'm sorry, I went on a little too long. I don't want to lose my Nintendo sponsorships. No, you know what? Honestly, in my heart, I want to go PS4 just because of the VR. I I think that was bringing the VR to an affordable price point and it worked as well as it did at home is something that that, that needs to be said. PS4. So, Mike, we're going to bring it to you now and let you decide between the Wii U and the PS4. Full disclosure, I love the Wii U. I always loved the Wii U. I got the Wii U on launch day. I've enjoyed, I enjoyed every minute I spent with the Wii U. I think the first party lineup of games on the Wii U is terrific. However, the Wii U was a highly troubled system with a bad marketing campaign, with a confusing name that nobody knew exactly what it was. And we didn't find out what the Wii U was supposed to be, like Bill said, until the Switch. Now, if we don't have the Wii U, we don't have the Switch. I'm going gonna, gonna to say that right there. That being said, the PlayStation 4 is so good. Oh, my gosh. And the PlayStation 4 is definitely my choice of, of the current or the past generation. I don't know where the Switch is. The Switch is kind of on its own. It's doing its own thing. But the, the, the experiences on the PlayStation 4, oh, my gosh. Whether it's Spider-Man or God of War or I, I'm, I can't think straight right now, but I think the PS4 is the clear winner here, uh, even though the, saying the Wii U loses breaks my heart. But all those games are on Switch, so who cares? So I am with both of you guys. The Wii U, I, I love the Wii U. It was the first Nintendo HD console, which I couldn't wait for to see Mario and Zelda and these characters in HD. It only sold 13 million units, which just seems so sad. But the wireless tablet concept was really cool. It played... Wii games was backwards compatible, which was nice. They really perfected the virtual console and brought it up to a higher resolution and it was better as far as the functionality. Some of the games that they're mostly on Switch now were pretty good, but there was a lot of time. Sometimes you'd wait six months for another first party release and no one on the third party supported it. So I agree with you guys full handedly. The PS4 wipes it clean. Yeah. And we're going to say goodbye to the Wii U like everyone else did. Back in 2017. I would like to note the panic in both my voice and Mike's voice as the 60 seconds got down this round. Because we're like, and, and also, and, 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 and. <laughs> <laughs> hard. It's hard. I mean, the PS4, I think, is a clear winner, but I don't like the Wii U to get totally overshadowed because sure. it did do some really great stuff and had some very interesting and cool games. But it's hard to have a Nintendo console without a real Zelda. We're actually going to move on to our next round. We're going to push things along. We have the PlayStation 2, which advanced against the GameCube. And Bill, I'm going to start you off with PS2 versus GameCube. Oh, okay. So these rounds are tougher, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my, I, I want to sit here and tell you because, you know, they were of the same generation. I want to, I want to be able to say GameCube's my clear winner because I love Nintendo so much. But I'm going to find it hard, you know. Uh, I, I, if nothing, I, I know GameCube had the network adapter, but like I had stated previously, this, the, as soon as PlayStation 2 came out with that network adapter, that changed so much. Uh, I know I'm sure this was, you know, PC gamers had this experience, but playing SOCOM that first time or buying SOCOM just to get the network adapter and being like, I'll give it a try and doing a squad based game like that online with someone was just, I mean, I, I still to this day, I, I, I was like, man, I, I can't believe how much time I played SOCOM for. And that's, that's not something I'm looking back at play now. Uh, and even the, the sports games, as they start to release the sports games, you start to play those online. I remember just being completely blown away. Metal Gear Solid 2, the backwards compatibility. I'm going to hate myself tomorrow, but I, I got to go PS2 on this. I really do. Okay, so we got one for PS2. Mike, where are you at? GameCube versus PlayStation 2. I'm going to say a year right now. The year was 2003, and I was watching E3 coverage on the internet, and Nintendo released their big game for, announced their big game for the year, and it was Pac-Man versus 
and I felt my heart sink down into my toes and I realized the GameCube was done. Sure. <laughs> I love the GameCube. I love the experiences on the GameCube. I love a lot of those GameCube games, but man, was it hard being a GameCube fan when the GameCube was out. Looking back at it now with the modern context, oh my gosh, the library is great. But man, when you had to wait six months, eight months, nine months, a year for something, it was really difficult. And then you'll go over to the PlayStation and there's Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3, and Final Fantasy X, and Grand Theft Auto 3, and Dragon Quest 8, and Devil May Cry, and God of War. I don't want to say that it's an easy win for the PS2, because it is not. The GameCube is a lovely console, but man, was the PS2 t- mighty. And as much as I'm mad at myself for going this way, I got to go PS2 on this one. Okay. So we got two for PS2, and as much as it breaks my heart to agree... We're going to say goodbye to the GameCube, guys. That's three for three. And the GameCube did a lot of really nice things. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to remember the online functionality was very limited. There were a lot of down spots, again, where they're months behind where things didn't happen. We did get the WaveBird, which was the first first-party wireless controller, which was really set the standard for a wireless controller. We got the Game Boy Player, which if you guys have it, was really cool. Be able to play Game Boy games on the screen, Game Boy Advance games on your screen was really neat. And we got Mario Sunshine, love it or hate it. Wind Waker, love it or hate it. Metroid Prime, which as Bill said earlier, really changed the Metroid series forever. You got Smash Melee, which people to this day swear is the best Smash game. Resident Evil 4, which changed Resident Evil forever. And my favorite Mario Kart game, Mario Kart Double Dash. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Which you had to break the rules and break the internet to figure out how to play online. That being said, it's a wonderful game. (laughs) And the GameCube, this is the last time Nintendo really competed in the graphics department. Mm -hmm. Some of these games that were on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox, they actually look better on the GameCube a lot of times if you had the right connectors, the right wires. It was a better experience. But this is the last time that happened. And the PS2 is just such a juggernaut. Mike listed off some games. It just, the GameCube can't compete. I remember that, personally for me, this was the uh, first time, maybe, uh, actually was, personally, the first time that I was like, hmm, you know, I'm not going to own just one console. It, and from that point forward, it was always Nintendo. Uh, yeah, obviously I own Nintendo, but that's just what I, that's the Nintendo console. And then it was like, and then what am I, what else am I gaming on? You know, what, what what's the other thing I'm going to, it's weird to say serious game on and not consider Nintendo. <laughs> You know what I mean when I say that, though? Like, you know, Nintendo, I was like, GameCube's its own thing, much like you said, the Switch. And then I would go to the PS2. I mean, PS2 has Shadow of the Colossus on it. And that is just, that is unbelievable that that game was to be able to get pulled off on the PS2 as well as it had. And and it holds up. It's it's unreal. I, I think Shadow of the Colossus is amazing. And I think it's actually really influential, the stuff even like Breath of the Wild. I would also say as, a, as someone who, who loves his, who does love his Zelda, I think one of the best 3D Zelda games out there is Okami, which is on the PS2. And I don't think got enough credit when it came out. And that is the closest thing you're going to get to Zelda on the PS2. And I think it's a lovely game. I think the PS2 is just chock full of goodness. We're going to talk more about the PS2. We're going to wave goodbye to the GameCube. And we're going to take a quick break. More hits like Super Mario Brothers. Arcade hits like Kung Fu. Nintendo has the most video game hits. Hogan's Alley, Duck Hunt, and more like Baseball and Excite Bike. And you can play them only on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Okay, and our next round is going to bring us two personal favorites for each of us, which is going to be the Nintendo Switch 
versus the Sega Dreamcast. And Mike, I'm going to lead it off with you. Okay, uh, you guys know how I feel about this, uh, and it's probably recency bias winning. Uh, I think the Switch is lights out, amazing, top top con- one of the top consoles of all time. I love the Dreamcast, like I like a family member. Uh, I just think the Switch is just. I think the Switch. I don't think we totally understand just how great the Switch is at this point in time. And while the Dreamcast is lovely and I love it, I think the Switch just narrowly edges it out here. Okay, excellent. So, Bill, you're up. We have one for the Switch. Where do you stand? Uh, we're going to have two for the Switch on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, as I, as I said before, and I made my case, I absolutely love the Dreamcast as well. I, I rode that Sega train into the ground, and uh, I was underground with it for a while, just trying to claw out of the dirt. However, as I stated, the Switch is Nintendo being the most Nintendo it has ever been Nintendoed. It just, they knew what they're good at, and they're doing it, and they're also giving us indie titles, so they, they get it. Yeah, I think you guys are right on. It hurts me because the Dreamcast is such a special place for me. Yeah, It's like rooting for like the underdog, the Dreamcast, because it, it was just so good. Uh, 1999, famously it was released, left us in 2001, only for a few years, sold 9 million units, had a built-in modem for online play, had those crazy VMUs, which is those memory cards, which were fun and crazy. And the game selection was great. Soul Calibur, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Power Stone. Yeah, Power Stone. Taxi. Quake 3 Arena, Skies of Arcadia. I can go on and on. The, the catalog on the Dreamcast is great, but the Switch, I think you both said it. When it leaves us, we're going to realize how great the Switch really was when we have a if, Switch Pro or something else. If it leaves, Nintendo can just iterate on the Switch forever if they really want to uh, and turn it into like an iPhone almost, you know? So who knows what they're going to do with it. And while we're leaving the Dreamcast, this is not product placement. But if it anyone's could looking, it could it be, could, it could be uh, <laughs> for those of you over at Retro Fighters, um, for anyone looking to get a, a controller that works better on the Dreamcast than your regular controller, a company called Retro Fighters, I think these are sold through a website called castlemania.com. Check out the Striker DC gamepad. It's like a reinvented Dreamcast controller. And boy, is this thing rad. I love it. Not product placement, but if you're a Dreamcast fanboy like I am, I bought four of them. So in every color, go for, if you're looking for something, you're like, oh, that Dreamcast controller is so lame. Check this out. While, the, while we bury it, check out this controller. So as we wave goodbye to the Dreamcast and we look at your alternate controller options from Mike. What, Mike, where does the cord come out of though? Does it wrap underneath? And no, no, it? no. It, they purposely changed it so, because, so it's not a pain. So I, it comes out of like- No a, deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bye-bye Dreamcast. We love you so much. You left quickly before and you left quickly again. And now we're going to move on to in the next round. And that is we had the Nintendo Entertainment System like, up against the Super Nintendo. So the Super Nintendo. So we have the NES versus the SNES. And Bill, we're going to let you start the Nintendo versus Nintendo conversation. 30 seconds. Uh, sure. So for all those keeping track, I think my clear surefire bet that I'm always going to go with is the NES. And there's no twist this time. You know, I only came to appreciate the Super Nintendo in years to pass its prime. But I, you know, I was I was right in the wheelhouse for the NES. Like I remember friends on the playground talking about it. I remember, you know, Rob the Robot selling me on it in the store. But I also remember parents being like, "Have you heard of this thing?" <laughs> and I went I went Genesis, but I, NES is my pick. I love you, Super Nintendo. One for the Nintendo. And Mike, where do you stand? The Super Nintendo really was the Super Nintendo. Uh, it took everything that the NES did really, really well and just made it better. 
the Mario games are better, got better. The Mega Man games got better. The Final Fantasy games got better. The fighting games were good. Every, I, I just think that this, there's like, I'm totally biased. The Super Nintendo is my favorite console of all time. It gets the nod for me. I like, I love the NES, but to me, the Super Nintendo just was like, it was what I was playing when I was like eight, nine, and 10 years old. And you just can't compete with that for, for me. And I just think it, it just narrowly wins. I have to agree with Mike. I'm very sorry, but I love no. the regular. You know, for me, it's when I got the NES Classic and then the SNES Classic. And I get the NES Online, which you can pay the subscription to get those games, then you get the SNES ones. I always tend to shift towards the SNES because I just think they've aged better. They're more polished. They're better versions of the franchises I love. And I just marry one, two, three. I'd rather play World, Legend of Zelda. I'd rather play Link to the Past. Metroid, I'd rather play Super Metroid. Mega Man, I'd rather play Mega Man X. And these might, some of these might be controversial, but I love my Super Nintendo. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time. And I'm going to happily say goodbye to the Nintendo, which famously from 85 to 95, introduced an awesome D-pad, 8-bit gaming at its best, had the Game Genie, which really it made, became famous because these games were so hard, you needed cheats, and sold 62 million units. The next one, we have a fun battle between the PlayStation 4, and the Sega Saturn. Will the Sega Saturn, the underdog, play underdog again and win? We're going to start with Mike. Don't make me do this. Wow. It's hard because I kind of played these mostly at the same time. Uh, The PS4 is obviously like the modern powerhouse here. It's got the modern sensibilities. It's got so many great games. It's got so much access to old stuff. But the Sega Saturn was a lost gem. It's a forgotten gem but it's not accessible at all. So I'm going to go on accessibility. Uh, I have to go with the PlayStation 4, just uh, just a hair, and Spider-Man's really good. So, so I'm going to give it to the PlayStation 4 on this one, even though the dream, the, 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 the Sega Saturn is, oh man, I wish the Sega Saturn was, was, did better than it did. So we got one for PS4. Bill, are you PS4 or Sega Saturn? I, I'm going to go Saturn just for my time spent on the console. You know, I, the, the PS4 VR is something that really almost swayed me into buying a PS4. Like, I, I'm not kidding, almost as recently as like last month, because I was like, oh, they're going to be cheap now. Also that and the Tony Hawk one too. But I'll wait, because I'm going to play that at some point. Saturn just had it for me, you know? It, it, it's the way I went. It had the games I liked. It was just something totally different, you know? Like, there were, to me, there was no, at that point, I just couldn't understand why people got it with the PlayStation. Obviously, since then, I understand why. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it was, I was Sega at the time, you know? I go Saturn. So we got one for Saturn, one for PS4. I'm going to end this tiebreaker and choose PS4. Just on the basis of it is so darn successful. It's won this generation, if you don't count the Switch. And it's done so (laughs) right, this this generation. I feel like it's made gamers happy this generation. I love the Spider-Man game. I played that game through and through, the DLC, every second of it. God of War just blew my knock my socks off the, the presentation how that game's made and i'm currently playing final fantasy 7 remake and that game is also it, it it passed my expectations of what that game could be and I, I still haven't played so many games on this amazing system because it's still relevant and around today but it's just it's not fair to the saturn i'm sorry for to credit to the playstation 4 here um f- while everyone else in the world was saying you know, everything has to be online now. Single player experiences don't exist anymore. They can't succeed in this market. And right. PlayStation 4 goes out and gives you, I want to say, 10 of the best 
single player experiences I think I've had in decades between Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted 4, Last of Us 2, Persona 5, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I, it's just, it's just, it's so good right now. And I'm so happy that video games are still good. I'm so happy that single player experiences are still good. That being said, oh my gosh, the Sega Saturn. What a <laughs> lovely console. I love you so much. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the Saturn, 1995 to 1998, sold over 9 million units, threw over 1,000 games on the system. And I think it always holds a special place. Just like the Dreamcast, the Sega consoles really hold a special place. And we'll wave goodbye as we move on to our conference finals now. Ooh. So on now to, and this is a tough one, the PlayStation 2 versus the Nintendo Switch. Bill, you will begin. Okay. Uh... So this is where I, 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 I sound like a broken record. Uh, records are what music used to come on for the younger listeners. I, I legit, I, I cannot stress enough how much it's Nintendo doing. I, I don't know, like my like they just have to make this like an iPhone type scenario because I don't know what Nintendo could do after this. That would make me just be like, wow. They completely captured everything that they're about. I know PS2 has its place, it's great games, but Nintendo, it's the biggest, as it, a Nintendo fanboy, it's Nintendo, Nintendoing the hardest. And I keep saying that, it's, it's phenomenal. It's got the best of everything I want on it. I go Switch. So Mike, I'm gonna leave you to make this very difficult decision, PS2 or Nintendo Switch? Uh, I'm nauseous and I haven't, really, <laughs> I haven't really eaten today. This is tough, wow. I, my heart says Switch. Mm. But man, does my gut say PS2? My heart, my heart, and I mean, my brain says PS2. I don't know. It's hard to compete with the number one console of all time, uh, the best-selling console ever made. Uh, something that kind of totally created the modern environment, did everything right, every style of genre. It's like 99% switch to 100% PS2. I think I got to give it to the PS2. So we have one for PS2 and one for the Nintendo Switch. And these are both juggernauts. The Switch is actually on pace to potentially match some of PS2 sales numbers, which were unheard of. Thank God. Without and a DVD player. Without the PS2 sales, it's a great system. It's unbelievable. It's I'm not taking anything away. But a large portion of that early time period that probably maybe not would have been as good, people yeah. bought it solely. The DVD, DVD players were almost $1,000 each, and you could buy yeah. a PS2 for 300 and change without a dongle you didn't need the dongle to play dvd you're right nope. you're right and i got a ps2 on launch day that's why everyone that's why so many people were buying it that and the backwards compatibility i didn't get it launch day i got it launch weekend i was target at the time oh there. yeah i got a ps2 at launch and when i played i think the nhl 2000 game it was yeah <laughs> i played that and i see these guys on skate there's nothing like i'd ever seen before and i played grand grand theft auto 3 and Gran Turismo 3, and these games, for the first time, was everything I thought games were in my mind. PS2 managed to make these games come to life. And I feel like I want to say the Switch because I think it's the perfect game console right now because you can play it anywhere. They brought everything to it. But it's so hard because the PS2 did all these things first and introduced all these things to us. But I think I'm going to go recency bias and I think it's fresh in my mind, I'm gonna go Nintendo Switch just because, oh, okay. because I can take it with me anywhere. So far as the hardware, peripherals, the accessories, you can, get, you can go wireless with the control, the pro controller, you got Joy-Cons, you got a nice bit there. 
You have HD Rumble and the PS2. Two players, unless you got the adapter. So it's mostly one and two player games. So I'm going to go Switch, even though my, I, I feel like five minutes later from now, from now I'm going to say I should have said PS2. This but fight I'm, is getting very modern. We, we, we cut to three o'clock in the morning and Matt's laying awake in bed like, I should have said, what am I thinking? This is so tough. You know I'm going to go Nintendo Switch and push us over the edge. We're going to say goodbye to the biggest selling console, 155 million units from 2000 to 2013. 13 years on the market. It was both a DVD and CD player. It was backwards compatible with the PS1. Uh, you needed the network adapter and played some online games. And you have hits like Final Fantasy X, GTA San Andreas and Vice City, Metal Gear Solid 2 II and 3, Tekken 5, Final Fantasy 12, Kingdom Hearts originated here, God of War originated here. There's just Guitar Hero. The mega Guitar Hero was famous for being on the PS2. So we are going to say goodbye, and I will be responsible for the hate that comes with it. The Switch will advance. And the next part of this round is going to be the Super Nintendo versus the PS4. And Mike is going to start it off with 30 seconds. Super Nintendo, PS4, go. Super Mario World is on the Super Nintendo. It wins. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. <laughs> That's it. 20 Super, Super, all right, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, uh, Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger. Uh, to be fair, uh, the, the PS4 is wonderful. It's an amazing console. But the Super Nintendo is everything to me. It is Now that the PlayStation 1's out of the conversation, the Super Nintendo's all I got. So um, I got to go Super Nintendo here. All right. So, Bill, you're going to have to choose between the Super Nintendo and the PS4. Go. Uh, Super Nintendo has Super Mario World. <laughs> I think I, played, uh, I think I played a record over there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me make the other point. Uh, Super Nintendo has a link to the past. Yeah, it does. And you legitimately can... I mean, that, those two games can sell a system alone. I mean, it's phenomenal. It, has, it does have the best version of Street Fighter II Championship Edition. Actually, I'm sorry. It has the best version of Championship Edition. However, the best Street Fighter II is Street Fighter II Turbo. And that's a fact. I, you gotta, Super Nintendo wins, clearly. Okay. I, I, I can't even I can't even be nice to the PS4 in this. Not that I'm gonna put it down or anything, but like, come on, you just can't even. Super Nintendo's phenomenal. Yeah. So uh, we have two for Super Nintendo. Let's make that an odd three. <laughs> <laughs> so the PlayStation 4, we've said amazing things about it. It's over it's sold over 100 million units already. It's still going. They've transitioned to the 1080p 4K error gracefully. They've introduced the VR into the mainstream pretty successfully. I mean, it's not as big as I think they'd like it to be, but those games are fun. They're good. Yeah. And you get so many heavy hitters, Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, Persona 5, you can, Metal Gear Solid 5. There's so many big games on the PS4. I just, I can't, it's not fair to, for, <laughs> to me because Super Nintendo was just, it's everything. It's, it's you know, the reason why I love the PS4 is because I played the Super Nintendo first. That style of game started. Um, the style of games that are successful on the PlayStation 4, for me, and what I'm looking for, started on the Super Nintendo. And whether that's Final Fantasy and the RPG genre has found itself on the Super Nintendo, or if it's uh, great platforming games, which eventually you know, found themselves into stuff like Ratchet and Clank on the PS4, and great adventure games like Zelda, which eventually became stuff like Ghost of Tsushima. So in the end, like 
without the Super Nintendo, I don't think we have a lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of stuff that's missing. I agree. Uh, Bill, any closing thoughts on the PS4 before we move on? Uh, I mean, you just can't. The Super Nintendo is just, you know, like, let's, let's, I mean, again, I don't, you know, it's something I did touch upon earlier, and I'm, I'm very, it, it's something I often think about. I know, Matt, we kind of discussed a little bit of this outside of this podcast, but I, I always, I'm curious about the younger generation of gamers. And I'm not saying, like, children, children. I, I have two kids, like, uh, uh, three and six. I'm not saying them because they're kind of going to play or they have been playing what I want them to play and not like in a bad way. I'm not like, right, no, but I'm like, hey, you know, oh, you like this? Cool. Well, you should have to play Mario 1 first, you know? I am curious about like, and I, and I don't say this as a slight to your crowd, whoever is listening, I, the, the Fortnite people. And I know it's all generations, but like there's whole generations of gamers that right now their knowledge is Fortnite, Fortnite. and Minecraft. Fortnite, Minecraft, Splatoon, and I'm not sliding that at all, but it's just something that I, 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 I'm, I'm generally curious about when they start to develop games, what, it, what it's going to be. Or is, yeah. still, or is there still going to be a strong case made for, are, are we the older like men that are like, you don't know what it was like when we were younger, you know? It's, it's what I think too is, and I, I hinted, hinted at this before, a lot of what indie developers are doing now kind of dates back to the N64. Like Shovel Knight's, a, I'm not N64, Super Nintendo, sorry. Yeah. Shovel Knight's essentially a Super Nintendo game, even though it's kind of an NES game, but not really. It does, it does way too much to be an NES game. Dude, Katana Zero? Katana Zero, yeah, that's Unreal. a Super Nintendo game. I'm sorry, Celeste. Let's go Celeste. Celeste, Celeste as well. Oh. But these are people that grew up playing Super Nintendo who are making games now. So yep. if you're a kid now and you're playing Fortnite stuff, that's awesome. Maybe you'll make Fortnite something that's akin to a Fortnite in the future. But these kids up that are playing that stuff now are also playing stuff like Cuphead. And yep. Cuphead is very similar, sure. to Con- very similar to Contra. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I think it's like anything else. I think it's a cycle. And I think this, this, the trends and stuff will go back, will come back. Cool. I, I'm down. I'm going to still play. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It's so a really great mindset. So we're going to move to the championship round. Each a minute to state your case. (laughs) It's going to be the Super Nintendo or the SNES or whatever you call it versus the Nintendo Switch. Bill, you're up. One minute, go. Sure. So I'm going to base this solely on what the uh, console itself is. Okay. So the Super Nintendo, like we talked about, was the next level of Nintendo. It did everything that much better because they had the experience. They had the better technology at the time. I will remove, and as I said, it does Nintendo doing what it does the best, you know, on the Switch. And I will remove, I will remove everything from that. I will say, take apart the indie games, take off the backwards compatibility with Nintendo Online and all that factor. Just the fact that the handheld to put it on television, like the, the seamlessness of that. Because I remember watching the preview for it and being like, I'm sure there's like a thing they're not showing where it's like this weird delay. And it's phenomenal. You know, it was the first time that I, when I brought it home, I remember taking it out of the dock and it instantly snapped Breath of the Wild in my hands and being like, oh, wow, this is, this is it. This is a, everything they promised. I have to go Switch. Okay, so we have one for the Nintendo Switch for the Hall of Fame console of all consoles. Mike, what do you think? Okay, so I think what Bill said about the Switch is like dead on. Uh, the fact that it works as well as it does the, the, the sleep mode right is like that's a game changer for all of us that used to have to leave our consoles on pause for hours right burned burned into you know an old crt tv that being said my three favorite games of all time are super mario rpg super mario world and mega man x and those are all the most super nintendo games you could ever play 
the Super Nintendo changed my life. Uh, the Super Nintendo made me the gamer I am today. I don't think I would like the Switch nearly as much if I didn't grow up playing Super Nintendo for years and years and years. The Nintendo Switch, I think when we do this and if we do something like this in another five or 10 years, <laughs> I think the Nintendo Switch will be the end-all be-all champion. But at this moment in time for me, I have to, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be loyal to my gray and purple buddy and I got to go Super Nintendo here by like less than a millimeter. So we have one for the Super Nintendo, one for the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. Now, I want to take into account everything both of you said, because you guys both said so eloquently why you love those consoles. And the criteria today was, number one, the hardware and the console and the, and the peripherals and the accessories themselves. Number two, the roster of games. So the whole collection from top to bottom, good to bad, everything on the system. And then third, the success, the impact and everything else. And the Switch probably does everything the Super Nintendo does better. But I'm picking the Super Nintendo because it has my favorite game, Chrono Trigger. It's got Super Mario World 1. Super Mario All-Stars, which is a cheat, but I don't care because it's three of the best NES games. Those are different. Those are different than the original NES games. You're fine. <laughs> it's got the best Metroid game. It's got the best Donkey Kong game. Super Mario Kart started here. It's still fun. Street Fighter 2 is awesome. Link to the Past is my favorite Zelda game. So the Switch is such a, such a close. It's like a one point, not even 1.5. It's 1.1. It's so close. It's 1A to the Super Nintendo for me. But I'm going Super Nintendo. I love that console. I love that controller. I love everything about the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Except when it turns yellow over time. It, the gray turns yellow as well. Yeah, the gray turns yellow on the bottom. You got to clean it out. <laughs> but the Switch, I agree. In a few years, it's my favorite console right now. If you're just looking at what I want to play and pick up and use, but we're just going collectively over everything it's done, I have to give it to the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm so happy the Switch made it as far as it did. Uh, and I think that that's a testament to how important and how special it is right now and how we don't realize how good we have it, I think, when it comes to video gaming with the Switch. And I think it's going to be something that we talk about for a while, especially as the other console manufacturers try to capture some of that energy and some of that essence of what the Switch is trying to do. I think we'll see something maybe out of PlayStation the next few years that tries to get there but just can't. And I'm happy for the Switch. I'm really happy for the Switch. I think it's a lovely, lovely console. And I think it does so many things so incredibly well. And I'm so happy the Super Nintendo was able to make it to the top because, like I said before, and I'll say it again, the Super Nintendo to me is the most important video game console I ever played. I love the NES and I spent a lot of time with it, but it was the Super Nintendo that made me the gamer I am today. The Switch does so many things perfect. It does so many things well. It has over 70 million units already. It's only been around for three years. It's a juggernaut. They've really perfected gaming where you can play it on, you could dock it, play on your TV, and you could pick it up and go and play anywhere. It's an amazing console, which arguably has maybe the best Mario, maybe the best Zelda. It got a first Pokemon on a console. There's so many, Mario Kart 8, which was from the Wii U on this, is the best selling, it sold 30 million units, not to mention Animal Crossing, which like changed the whole world this year. During 2020, Animal Crossing came out and just killed every other game released this year. So the Switch is such a special piece of hardware. Nintendo perfected gaming three years ago. 
And it just continues to get better, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do next with the Switch. Bill, any closing on the Switch? I've kind of said it for the past length of the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's just, it, it's my favorite video game. It's my favorite video game system. It's just, it's, per, it's a personal preference. It's everything I want. It's a system that I can, you know, I'm so happy that I could buy my child and be like, yeah, you, if my, if when I, when I see my daughter playing her Switch Lite, I'm like. I know I'm like, that's whatever you're playing, I'm on board with. And I'm so happy you're doing that. Cause I know it's a good experience for her. You know, I know there's no, and I, I know the limitations with the online of like not, the, the, not having the voice chat. I didn't fully grasp until I saw my child playing and playing online with people. And I was like, Oh, cool. I don't have to worry about the experience she's having. Yep. And for us older people, us, us grandfathers and wheelchairs and walkers, like we are, <laughs> We know how to use Discord and other stuff. That's so exactly think, it, yeah. Yep, I just think Nintendo has shown... I remember after the GameCube, we talked about it, the GameCube was the last time they really like tried to compete with graphics and I brought up the whole like water thing. I remember that being a big thing in uh, GamePro and GameSpot, them being like, look at how good our water looks. And it still does. Like, play Sunshine right now on the 3D All-Stars. It looks great. You want to get in that, let me, let me go ahead and splash around there. I just think they really honed in on the, what they're good at and that's the experience and the switch is that i can confidently say that all three of us have probably sunk close to a thousand hours if not more into our switch oh yeah i mean there's a few games i could think i've put in over 100 hours in several games some i'm ashamed of so (laughs) this is a very diverse console ashamed of well well why don't ashamed of huh what what warriors does not deserve 140 hours but i did it (laughs) i don't i wouldn't be ashamed of that that's fine Hyrule Warriors, you did? Yes. All right. Well, I got to bring. Let me. You know what? After this, I'm going to bring up your gamer tag. I'm going to see exactly <laughs> what you're doing, man. We're friends. Don't try to hide your gaming on me. <laughs> oh, so I would say our console tournament today ends with Super Nintendo getting a crown uh, in our Hall of Fame. Nothing bad about the Switch. Nothing bad about the PS4. They came close, but the Super Nintendo outlasted them all. 1991 to 2002, it had the four-button controller with the shoulder buttons. It was a big deal. That 16-bit, it doubled up them bits from the first gen. <laughs> More bits. Nine million units sold, and it had everything from F-Zero, the mm-hmm. Donkey Kong countries, Star Fox. It all started here, and we, we, I think we've gone into the amount of games on this. Anything closing from you guys? If not, I know we've uh, gone long today. Mike, Bill, anything? Mike, anything you want to say? About the Super Nintendo, I think everything I could say about the Super Nintendo has already been said. If you're not familiar with the Super Nintendo, please go either, if you have a Switch, use the Super Nintendo online, or try to see if you can find yourselves one of those, one of those classic editions. You will not be disappointed. And play Earthbound, please. I played Earthbound for the first time when I was like 33 years old, and man, did it change my life. So it's great. Bill, anything uh, closing on our tournament bracket conversation today? I, you know, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. This is an awesome experience and a nice little chat. That It's fun when I get to, uh, you know, wax poetic about the video games, if you will. Uh, I would actually like to ask a question of the two of you, just for all the longtime fans out there of said podcast. Who are you guys? Now, um, what, uh, currently, what are you guys playing? Like, let, let, let us know. And also, you might want to give us, if you guys are on Twitch or something, give us like your handles so people can follow if they want. Uh, currently, <laughs> what I'm playing is I'm at the weird spot where I'm playing like 30, 30 different games. I'm really, really honing it down. I actually just got a Neo Geo MVSX uh, mini cabinet that has Whoa! 50 Neo Geo games loaded into it. I got that on Saturday and I put that together. So I've been playing a lot of that. 
I did get Cyberpunk 2077, so I've been playing that on my PC because I'm not going to waste my time playing it elsewhere because it runs like absolute garbage anywhere else. And that's a lot of fun, especially if you're a fan of like Cyberpunk and uh, like Fallout-style gameplay. I really, really think it's, it's, it's cool, and I'm excited to see where that gets in another six months after they fully finish it and update it and start putting out like DLC and stuff. I'm still playing Yakuza 7, which for anyone who likes turn-based role-playing games, oh boy, is this the game for you because it is such a wacky, fun, tongue-in-cheek. It's, I, I keep comparing Yakuza 7 to like if Edgar Wright made an RPG that was both an homage to the turn-based RPG, but at the same time, a spoof on the turn-based RPG, you would get Yakuza 7, and Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors. So this game is so good if you like turn-based RPGs, and I'm also a, a giant fan of Japan. I've been to Japan a bunch. I love it there. I, my band's toured Japan. It's just one of my favorite places to be. So being able to run around the streets of Yokohama in an RPG is really ridiculous. And last but not least, I got real into Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, and man, are those games good. Uh, I do like the visual novel now. I, was, I never really played it before. I played the free Doki Doki Literature Club like a year and a half or two years ago, which it's free on the internet. If you want to play a really weird semi-dating sim, uh, semi-visual uh, novel, please check out that game. It's so strange and it will, it will scare and shock you. But Phoenix Wright is in that vein and boy, is it good. If you're trying to scratch the itch that the, a game like Snatcher might have, might have uh, scratched many, many years ago. Uh, Phoenix Wright is in that realm and it's all like over the top legal nonsense. I'm talking about way too many games right now, but they're all great. Play them all. So Mike's been playing a bunch of games and I've been thrown fully into the Kirby world. In the last three weeks, I'd say, I've been playing Kirby Fighters 2 on the Switch. Oh, wow. Kirby Star Allies on the Switch. And I've probably sunk 20 plus hours in both of them against my better judgment. But they're fun games. My son loves them. And Kirby likes to change costumes a lot. That's what I'll say about Kirby. He likes to wear the <laughs> That guy can change a costume quickly. Bill, what have you been playing lately? So I've been kind of doing two things. Again, I have discussed with you, Matt, uh, like outside of the wonderful world of podcasting. So when I casually stream, uh, I've been going through the Bioshock collection. Oh, very cool. And then I've done a couple lengthier streams with, uh, I'll have some buddies over. We sit six feet apart. No, we're all clean. I'm just kidding. We all have been tested. We're negative. And we did, we did a full Celeste run through recently. No strawberries because we're not psychos we're just trying to have a good time and play some games i did a 96 star run through of mario 64 in a sitting we did i forget i i, I don't want to misquote we did it we did a pretty lengthy galaxy run and then with my daughter doing animal crossing minecraft spongebob and then just for my own fun i've been playing sunshine because i don't want to play that on stream because i don't want people or just because no one watches me. I don't want the bots seeing just how much fun I have playing Sunshine. <laughs> I, I'd like that to watch that, especially now that you can plug a GameCube controller into it. Well, okay. Yeah, I need the adapter. I have, oh, all, yeah. I have all of the GameCube. I have all of the controllers ever. I just, I need the adapter. I have a WaveBird. I want to play with my WaveBird. Yeah, the, the adapter is not, not, not cheap because you could like only get it with Smash Brothers. <laughs> it's like... Yep. Yeah. But, uh, they make a wireless adapter too that, that plugs. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do. They do. You're right. So I, I hate to take like a kind of post thing, but Matt or Mike, can, people are listening, can they follow you guys anywhere on any sort of social or anything like that? 
Yeah, I don't stream nearly enough of nearly enough or nearly as much as I used to, but I'm on Twitch at Twitch slash the Mike Staub, all one word. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm the same. It's under it's uh, the underscore Mike underscore Staub. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And I uh, pretty much just share a bunch of video game and music related stuff and sometimes some like TV and movie related stuff as well. But uh, that's where you can find me talking about this stuff. And you can find me here on this podcast, the Hall of Fame podcast, talking about video games. And nauseam. also follow the Hall of Fame pod at Instagram. Yes. That is Hall of Fame pod. We have a few dozen followers right now. We want to get those numbers up. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the neighbor's dog, tell anyone you can to listen to our podcast, spread the news. We're having fun, but it's, it's more fun when you guys are listening. So I want to thank Mike for joining me again. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Bill. It was nice to meet you via podcast. And thank you, Bill, for joining us for this special episode. We appreciate you coming on and and talking games as we do. Guys, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Yes, I only hope I didn't anger too many fanboys or fan people. I don't want to say fanboys, fan people. Yeah, you can anger the fans. That's what that's sometimes you gotta. That's kind of how it works. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. So that's the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What about it? They say it has 16-bit technology, whatever that means. Oh, I see. What else do they say? That it has 3D graphics and digital stereo sound, and that Super Mario World is included. Okay, okay, we'll get it for them.